Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by James DeLacy. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So without further ado, it's time to welcome James onto the show. James DeLacy, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast, mate. It's great to have you here. No, thank you for having me. It's good to be on on the new official podcast and uh, carry on from the old audio reviews. Absolutely, mate. So uh, the old audio reviews were the members-only ones, and this is now uh, open to the public. So I reckon this is probably our fourth or fifth podcast together. Yeah, something like that. A true veteran now. <laughs> yeah, mate. If you don't know how it works <laughs> by now, then we've got a problem. So uh, nah, that's, uh, that's all good. Um, for those who are listening who don't know who you are, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to? Yep. So I'm James DeLacy. I'm currently living in Romania. I was working with the Romanian or with Romania rugby with their national team and the sevens and a few of their lower grade teams. Um, before that, I was in USA and the Major League Rugby with Austin. And before that, I was back in New Zealand with the New Zealand Women's Rugby League team, the Kiwi Ferns. And before that, I was actually in Romania as well with the professional club rugby team here. So you've uh, you've been a nomad and you've been everywhere. Um, can you give us uh, like some kind of insight into how you keep getting jobs abroad? So how would the listeners go about getting themselves a job if they wanted to move? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we'll direct this more towards the the SNCs that are coming out of uni and things. Like that. I know we've got a few in our in our coaches club Facebook group that are still studying and and coming out of uni as well. Um, but it's, I think everyone kind of knows how how the profession works. It's it's the network. It's who you know. I know you've done a a good little course on on networking and things like that on um on the coaches academy or on the on the career mastery courses for science for sport. Um, and essentially, as you said, it's when you need your well, by the time you need your network, it's too late. So so it's all about it's all about who you know and how well you build your relationships. So. Getting jobs abroad isn't so much about just applying for them. Often, I still haven't gotten a job from applying for a job. It's it is bloody hard, especially now when you've got thousands of applicants sending in their CVs and things like that. And most of the time, those jobs are just advertised because they need to be advertised. Um, and they've already had recommendations for the job anyway through their network. So essentially, it comes down to either being recommended for a job through someone or knowing the coach or someone who's already going there that wants to bring you over. So it's essentially through through my experience with what I did when I first got the my first abroad, job abroad, that was through <clears throat> I was interning with our professional rugby league um, team in New Zealand. I was, I'd been there for about three or four years, um, all all unpaid, all voluntary. But I I made some I made some really good connections and friends with um, coaches there, and one of the 
one of the SNCs there, his brother was a, a player agent. And this player agent was working with a coach in Romania, and that coach wanted an SNC for that team. And basically, the SNC just asked me, hey, there's this job here. Um, do you want it? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'll definitely be king. <laughs> and, and then ended up just chatting to him, sent my CV through. They're like, cool, sorted it out from there. So that's how I, I first got started in terms of moving abroad. And then I ended up basically after um, that club kind of fell through, it was a bit of corruption and stuff going on, came back to New Zealand, was just looking for, for other jobs while I was working with the New Zealand Kiwi Ferns as well. And the job in America was with that same coach, that same coach. Actually, funny enough, it was that same coach and that same player agent. So the same coach wanted to bring me over. He was going to be the assistant. And then the main new coach there was working through that same player agent. And that same player agent put me forward for that role too. So there were two different people putting me forward for that role. And the head coach didn't actually know it was the same person um, from, from those two people. So that upped my chances there. So that's how I got there. And then getting back to Romania was just through the people I worked with and met the first time I was in Romania. So that's kind of how it all linked together. So it's a, a big complex network as such. Um, it's literally a network of people uh, working for you effectively to try and uh, to try and help you. Is there is there something to be said then for SNC coaches working with agents? Is that going to be the future of uh, of the industry? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's it's not something easy to do. I don't think. I mean, it's just I just happened to be connected with this one because he was a brother of a um, an SNC friend. Um, but he's no longer in the in the sports game anymore. Um, but I think, yeah, a- agents aren't necessary. It just happened to help at that time because um, the coach is working through that agent. But yeah, generally it just comes down to the co- coaches wanting to bring you over or or being connected with someone that's there or wants to put you forward. So how would you go about uh, initially making those kind of contacts? Is that a case of uh, organically forming that through, for example, an internship? <laughs> Or is there another way that you can go about that? No, that's it exactly. That's, I mean, like the biggest piece of advice I, I usually give coaches that are starting out or coming through is you have to say say yes to everything. Um, I started when I was starting to intern with, with that professional club. I also I actually got a voluntary job working with a club as well through that internship, and I started there. So I was doing both of those. And then through that club, I ended up, um, forming a good relationship with another coach at that club who brought me on to do um, like a New Zealand Fiji team. Um, so I did that. And then through connections at that, at the professional club, obviously took me to Romania. So it was just all organic and just saying yes to a lot of things. I ended up doing another provincial job as well through that club, um, meeting other people. So it's just a matter of saying yes to as much as you can, because obviously the more coaches and things you work with, the more relationships you can build. Um especially with um, coaches that might go ahead and, and bring you somewhere. I think that's an a interesting one as well to look at the, the potential future investment. So if there's a coach who's maybe a 30-year-old head coach and you know that they're going to become uh, a good head coach in the future or they're going to go and do uh, X, Y, and Z, then you can pretty much um, try to attach yourself somewhat to that person or uh, keep a strong uh, bond with that person in the hope that they could potentially uh, help you in the future. Yeah, I mean, even even if not, even like older coaches, whoever, they all know. I mean, if they've been in the circle long enough, they all know other coaches around and they can put you forward for other roles. So it's just a matter of 
working with and for enough people that you just build that relationship with many different management and coaches and things like that. And so when jobs come up, you've actually got someone that can put you forward, um, someone that's kind of like well-respected in, in that area or within that community. Um, and that makes things a little easier. Absolutely, mate. So uh, you've lived in a few different countries and you've moved abroad a fair, a fair amount. What are the mm. key benefits to doing that? What, what, what makes that a good thing to do? Yeah, I think I think it's. I would highly advise if you are able to work overseas or you're kind of looking for work and you may be thinking about if you want to stay in your hometown or country or not, I would highly advise going overseas. I know you have, Matt, moved to a few countries as well and worked overseas, so I'm sure you may uh, agree with some of these points. But I think working overseas, you you build connections all over the world and it, it's you have people that you can uh, go to for advice or whatever in different countries. Uh, you experience all the different cultures you'll find it doesn't even matter if it's the same sport. You move to another country, the way they train for that sport or the way they see things is completely different to the way you'll find back home. And you'll get a, a little more experience on how to work with coaches from different cultures, players from different cultures. Um, you'll have to learn probably some of the language depending on where you are. Um, but the, the benefits you get from just from being in these different environments and seeing how other clubs do things how good you might have it back home as well. Um, yeah, there's there's a, a huge array of benefits. And then if you're talking about disadvantages with working overseas, obviously the I think the biggest disadvantage or the biggest problem that you'll face working overseas is usually the, vis- the visas. Um, trying to, to sort out like all the administration stuff, especially if the clubs or the, or the things you're with aren't that helpful, or even if they are the – there's sometimes problems with certain things and um, if your visa's running out but you still need a contract and you're not sure what's happening, like you can you might have to leave. There's yeah, there's all sorts of stuff um, in that regard. And uh, what kind of disadvantage are there in terms of uh, like quality of life or not getting to see your friends and family? Is that something that, that plays a part as well? <laughs> yeah, I mean you could say that. You could say like you're obviously leaving home, you're leaving friends and family and things like that. But I mean, I think even most, most people, even if they're not in SNC generally tend to go work abroad. Now this seems to be a bit more of a common thing. So, um, I mean, you might, um, have your friends and family at home, but you're going to make new friends and you're going to have a new family wherever you are. Um, which makes it just, just as good, you know? Uh, that's a, that's a very positive way of looking at it as well. I think, um, a lot of people will probably experience it that way, and there's probably one or two who, uh, yeah, struggle, especially if they're very far away from home. I imagine if, if a big time difference is in there, that could be a, a problem as well, um, or potentially some cultural differences. This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market, developed by the team at GymAware. Flex is the only laser-based training system available, and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. But how do you know then, as a coach, when you choose uh, stability versus adventure? So... You, you've got stability of a, a decent job at home. Um, maybe it pays okay, but not fantastically. But you know that you're you're safe. Versus mm. 
you can go somewhere else. Maybe there's more money and maybe there's more interesting things to do. Maybe you can explore the world. Maybe it gives you more travel options. Um, maybe you can uh, travel with the team, for example. And that's a big adventure. How do you know when to stick or twist? Well, stability is, is the dark horse. In essence, she has, I think, as we know, stability doesn't quite exist, sadly. Um, not to the extent that you'll find maybe your, your friends and other professions have. Um, so even if you are at home, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you can have stability in the fact that it's familiar. And maybe if you, um, maybe lose that job, you can maybe do your own thing in that, in that, uh, in your hometown or whatever, or you know enough people where you can maybe move professions. Um, into something else to be able to support you or your family. Um, but regarding a tent of adventure and stability, in my opinion, I think it comes down to your priorities. And I think if you, if you really want to, uh, I'm going to say quote unquote make it and, um, in SNC, even though there's no such thing as make it, but we'll call it make it. If you want to make it an SNC, you need to prioritize, you could say the adventure side, whereas your, your kind of family, relationship side needs to kind of take a back seat at least maybe through um, some of your early twenties or, or through your twenties. Um, I left yeah, relationships, friends, families to go work overseas and stuff like that. I mean, at that time my career was, was my important thing then and completely like I'm glad I did that. And I know a lot of people um, who I worked with and who I studied with back home that had families and, and had kids at, at a younger age and that really prevented them from um, further pursuing SNC um, because they couldn't, they couldn't just get up and move. They couldn't move overseas or they could, you know, even um, across the country, it was, a, it was difficult for them to move. So um, if you want to, to prioritize and um, SNC, it's, it comes down to being able to move essentially whenever. Um, when you want to prioritize Stability. I'm starting to get to that point now. Um, obviously, uh, I found my wife in, in USA. So now that I'm married, it, it, it means there's a little less moving um, or trying to do a little less moving. Obviously, it's not that easy, but um, starting, starting to look more stability side now that I'm, now that I'm 30 and, and starting to get some more experience and, and hopefully can or not say pick and choose jobs, but, but not have to to get up and go for, for every job. And how, how do you see that in terms of um, like now, now you've got a wife and you're more settled in that sense. Um, how do you see that in terms of someone who's, uh, who's now attached to you as a human being? Um, how do you then say, Oh, by the way, darling, um, I want to move to a different country. Um, is that something that you have to discuss beforehand yeah. in the sense of where yes. would you like to move to? Um, obviously, you don't just surprise. I would surprise. I'm in Abu Dhabi. Um, but uh, yeah, how do you how do you then go about saying, look, um, my priority at this point is my career and not you? That that could be very difficult. Yeah, don't don't say that to your wife. Relationship be... guru game James Delancey coming up from there. My new side, my new side hustle. Um, <laughs> But no, just it's going to come down to communication. Obviously, um, before you take your relationship further, you probably should have discussed with your wife that maybe you're going to have to move here and there. Obviously, it'll be a joint decision with your wife where you move and things like that. Obviously, you don't want to spend your whole life moving to say non-English speaking countries if um, if English is kind of like your way of getting by. 
Um, but by the, by the time you get to that point, hopefully you've worked in, in enough places where you have, have enough connections to kind of, to find what you need. Um, but yeah, it's going to, once you're, once you're married, so that's, it's going to have to be a joint decision. Obviously you can't just go, Oh yeah, I'm going to go coach in China. Now we're going to go live in a, in one of their hotel rooms for two years. <laughs> I'm just looking at my wife now. She's looking at me like, mm-mm. <laughs> just, just that stern look of, uh, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> exactly. Excellent. No, I think uh, I think that's uh, then some real life evidence that it's probably a, a not a super wise decision to to just uproots and and not discuss that. But um, it makes a, it makes a very interesting uh, puzzle as such. In terms of how you then start to plan that throughout your career, through your early twenties, uh, late twenties, um, what kind of career trajectory do you think is then appropriate for moving abroad? Do you think that uh, that should be done early in the career, and then you look for stability, or the other way around, where potentially when you you do move, uh, then you can get the higher paying jobs and uh, yeah, pretty much just make bank. <laughs> I think it just depends on your opportunities, like. The whole I'm gonna say the reason I moved was um was because I wanted to go abroad. Like of course I was happy to go abroad, but it was the fact that back home I there was just no opportunity. Like I was still starting out, um I only had like interning experience and experience with some regional and, and club teams and I just wasn't getting any roles. And then when this came up, it was my first full time full time gig and I was like, Yep, I'm, I'll definitely take that because I need to get the experience as well. So it just depends on experience. Obviously, there's some people that that started their maybe their local clubs back home and and work their way through the grades there. Um, I mean, at that point, if, if you don't want to, like, if you're happy there, you don't want to go overseas, things like that, you don't have to. Um, so it, yeah, it just depends on opportunity. If you're struggling at in your home country, or whatever, to find jobs and things like that, and opportunities come up overseas, then that's a, a no-brainer. Mate, absolutely love that. Fantastic. Um, could you give us a quick 30-second summary of what you discussed today? And uh, then we'll uh, leave it there. All of that in 30 seconds? All of that in 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. seconds. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> if you have the opportunity to move overseas, do it. I highly recommend it. Obviously, you, the advantage is working in different cultures, being able to experience everything around the world, the connections you make. Um, if you want to work overseas, obviously, it's going to come down to all the connections and relationships you've built. Um, most importantly, say yes to when you're starting out, say yes to every job you can. It doesn't matter if it's paid or unpaid. I did shit. I don't know how many, three, four, five different jobs, all unpaid over three, four years. Um, and talk with your wife if you're going to go somewhere. <laughs> don't surprise her. <laughs> exactly. Mate, absolutely excellent stuff. Thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the next one. No problem. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, buddy. Bye. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to James for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Coach Academy. The Coach Academy has a series of mini courses broken up into bite-sized chunks, which are easily digestible around a busy coaching schedule. And of specific interest to today's podcast is probably the networking module, whereby you can learn how you can network your way to getting a job abroad. So if you're interested, be sure to have a look at the show notes where you can find a seven-day free trial to the Coach Academy. And all you have to do click the link and sign up so that's it once again a massive thanks from me I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport 
and I'll speak to you next week.